0: And good afternoon and welcome to the Word at My Church. I'm Pastor Steph and if this is your first time joining us, we want you to know that you are in the right place. And I encourage you to share this broadcast with at least three people because as believers we have a mandate to spread the gospel all over the world. We are a teaching ministry with a mission to help people get better by teaching them how the Word works. So, get your Bible your notebook, your pen, your highlighter, and let's begin to dig into God's word. But before we start, let us uh, say our Bible confession. This is my Bible. I believe every word. I am who it says I am. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do. By hearing its word and applying it by faith, it'll change my life. So I declare that I'm gonna share this word with someone so that their life may be changed forever. Amen, 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 amen. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you, Lord God, for this day. Father God, we give you glory and honor and praise because we are worshiping you today, Lord God. I pray, Father God, that uh, the word will go forth, Lord, without any hindrances or hiccups, Lord God. I pray that the word will flow and, Lord God, it will permeate our hearts and our spirits, Father God, that we will just desire to be better for you. Holy Spirit, have your way right now. I thank you, Lord God, for this time to share. And Father God, I pray that someone receives your love today through this message. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. 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 Now, Pastor Tupp told us as believers, we are called to live a life of obedience and submission to God. This means that we should be led by the Holy Spirit and not our own emotions. He also told us emotions can be fickle, Lord knows. They can come and they can go without warning or explanation. We may feel one thing today, only to find ourselves feeling something completely different tomorrow without any real reason why it happened. When it comes down to it, emotions cannot provide us with reliable guidance in life because they are constantly changing like the wind. You know, it's March and y'all, you know, hear the wind whipping in, you know, and uh, with that wind, that's how our emotions can change. It can be just as subtle or it can just be a downright uh, a storm. So, you know, our emotions are going to and fro like the waves and the wind. So no matter what you may be feeling, unless it has been confirmed by the Holy Spirit, it can't be trusted. Pastor Tuck led us to Jeremiah 17, verse 9, and I'm going to read it from the Amplified Version where it says, The heart is deceitful above all things, and it is exceedingly perverse and corrupt and severely mortally sick. Who can know? it, perceive, understand, be acquainted with his own heart and mind. See, the word heart refers to the very soul of a man, his mind, his will, and emotions. And ladies, her mind, her will, and emotions, his thoughts, desires, and feelings. See, our thoughts and our feelings and emotions tend to be fueled by our circumstances. Mm hmm. How many have gone through some circumstances right now or have been through some th- circumstances? Mm hmm. So our thoughts, feelings, and emotions can affect us regardless of our age. However, the ability to recognize them and process them can also span across age. You know, for example, my sweet little goddaughter who is two years old, she is a sweet baby and a handful. <laughs> and my daughter Kaya was keeping her, and she said, you know, she, she had a little balloon that she had gotten that was in the shape of a ladybug. So she wanted to let the balloon, that looked like that ladybug to take a nap with her. Now, this balloon was filled with helium. So, guess what? It didn't lay down. So, her thought, as she clearly expressed, the ladybug will not take a nap with me. She doesn't want to be my friend. So, I'm telling you, my baby's little uh, feelings were so hurt, and she cried. Now, now, No matter how much my daughter Kaya tried to explain to her that the balloon was filled with helium, all she believed that the ladybug did not want to lay down and take a nap with her. So based upon a two-year-old response, her response was reflective of her age. So it was a challenge for her to manage her emotions. Now, if we be honest, (laughs) you know, people stay in their feelings now. Mm -hmm. A 52 year old can act like a two year old in all areas and circumstances in their lives. One of my techniques that I used when I was a counselor was to be able to help people to regulate and manage their emotions. It was so common for something to happen, you know, whether good or bad, and then people would immediately go to what they were feeling, you know. So, you know, if it was bad, they would go straight to anger. If it was good, sometimes they would be totally ecstatic and make important decisions, especially if they were, were manic. And unfortunately, so many were controlled by their emotions. So today, I would like to talk with you about managing your feelings. Is that all right? Amen. And, you know, feelings our emotions. Emotions, excuse me, are called feelings, right? So allowing our emotions to control us is not godly. Denying or vilifying our emotions is not godly. We should thank God for the ability to feel emotion. I mean, he gave emotion to us for a reason to, um, you know, enjoy uh, to make us aware of danger sometimes, right? But if we're not good stewards over our emotions, we're basically neglecting the gift that God has given us. So, you know, feeling emotions is not a bad thing, but being a poor steward of them is. So, you know, we have core emotions. We have uh, happiness, we have sadness, fear, and anger and you know let me think about one of the core emotions like anger i hear people all the time say i got anger issues that's just the way i am or i've always been that way Hmm. so in other words you don't know how to manage your anger thus people get referred to anger management all the time but not only do they get referred to that but in the word of God it says in James chapter 1 verse 19 it says my dear friends you should be quick to listen and slow to speak or to get angry if you are angry you cannot do any of the good things that God wants done that's from the CEV version see the Holy Spirit desires for us to stop think, and then react or respond. The enemy wants us to skip stopping and thinking and go straight to reacting that puts us in the posture of offense. See, when we're even in the posture of being offended, there are no management of emotions there. You know, as, as, as we've talked before, you know, offenses are like stumbling blocks. So you're putting all your emotions at the forefront. And, you know, really there's no, um, facts or anything, anything to substantiate or to, to support why you're offended. So the way to manage our emotions is to grow in our walk with God. Now you can't grow in your walk with God. If you walk around anger all the time, or you're so fearful or, Um, you know, you're jealous or uh, depressed all the time, you know, when you're depressed or you're anxious, your thoughts are already distorted. Your attention is not on uh, different things right in front of you. So, you know, by going through these things, it makes it difficult to walk, to grow, to hear from God. But the word says in Romans chapter 12, verse one, we all know this, It says, therefore, I urge you brothers in the view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Verse two goes on to say, do not conform any longer. Type in the comments any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. Glory to God. So be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So when your mind is all over the place based upon Uh, not being able to manage your emotions or, you know, by mental health issues, it's difficult to be able to to follow the Holy Spirit because again, you got a lot of noise and static, you know, going on. So the power of the Holy Spirit helps us. The power of the Holy Spirit helps us to produce good management skills. You know, for example, self-control, the fruit of the Spirit is (laughs) self-control, you know, and it's fruit of the Holy Spirit. So, you know, God gives us in his word things that we can focus on if we forgot. Okay. So the ability to stop, think, and respond with the leading of the Holy Spirit produces outcomes that please God and strengthen relationships. I think about when Pastor Tucker always would say, you know, before I would respond to anything, I would go, Holy Spirit, how should I respond to that? God, how I should, how should I respond? And I noticed there was improvement with his communication and how really he responded to different things, things that I used to think, Oh Lord, Pastor Tucker getting ready to go off. Oh, you know, but because he incorporated that within his thought process, it caused his reaction to be different because he incorporated that with his thought process. He was able to pause, seek God, hear from the Holy spirit and then respond. Okay. So when I noticed that there were things that were changing in him, I began to change with certain things that would come up and go, you know, Holy spirit, how I should, should I respond to that? Now, My emotions sometimes wanted me to fly off the handle and respond, text back, thumbs, flying, whatever I had to do. But the Holy Spirit would say, "Mm -mm, don't do that. Is it worth it? I'm like, okay, Holy Spirit. And as a result of being obedient to that, I was able to manage my emotions, be a good steward over them, and then my relationships began to strengthen. So, you know, Christian fellowship is an important part of spiritual growth. Sure enough, we journey with fellow believers and help one another grow in faith, as well as an emotional maturity. You know, it's so important that, you know, iron sharpens iron. Um, You know, there are so many different life groups or, you know, um, we even have like our Zoom meeting uh, and we meet with our uh, partners to, you know, have Christian fellowship or, you know, every now and then we may go out and get a bite to eat with our leaders. You know, Christian fellowship is another important part of spiritual growth. Mm -hmm. And not only that, if you're not managing your emotions properly, you want to have somebody that's going to keep you accountable. You want to have somebody that's paying enough attention to the situation and can guide you in a godly way, right? But one of the things that I found in the body of Christ was many times we tend to judge others that are having difficulty managing their emotions and because of that there may be some other underlying factors that are there to actually help someone manage their emotions so with the move of mental health care and you know it becoming the forefront since the pandemic um Many times uh, churches may not embrace mental health. But I tell everybody, mental health is just as important as physical health. Mental health is just as important as your spiritual health. So today I want to go into a little detail about um, the stigma that is associated with uh, mental health. Especially in the African-American church. There we go. Especially in the African-American church. Okay. Okay. Amen. Hey, there we go. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I was having a little difficulty there trying to figure out what the world am I doing, right? So, (laughs) but stigma of mental health in African American church. Okay. Ah, there we go. Okay. Sorry about that. (laughs) Okay. Barbara was a vigorous and energetic person who loved to help at the local shelter, but occasionally she stopped her volunteer work and didn't leave her house for weeks. At other times, she stayed at the shelter for days, not leaving for sleep, being very gregarious and giving away a lot of cash. So she was being over the top friendly and giving away money to any and everybody that walked in the shelter. No one at church knew exactly why Michael seemed so odd. He'd been a star basketball player in high school and a college graduate where he graduated with honors from law school and joined a good firm. But now he was unemployed and um, supported by his wife. People at church thought he damaged his brain with drugs. Lord, you know how folk at church do, right? Because he acted so spaced out, but his fall from success was not of his own doing. Wow. It wasn't his fault, y'all. Sonia did everything in extremes. She was dramatic, loving, and enthusiastic some of the time. But then she became angry, obnoxious and belligerent. She was divorced, had held a lot of different jobs and attended a lot of different churches. She was known among the local pastors as a troublemaker. Okay. Matt was shy and reclusive. He worked with computers and rarely spoke in Sunday school class. When he spoke, he often voiced bizarre opinions about numerologist schemes in the Quran and predictions of the exact time of the end of the world. People thought he was weird. So what I did was give you some examples, um, case scenarios of people that actually struggle with mental health issues in the church. Mm Mm-hmm. So, a mental disorder, or less commonly they call a mental disease, but I prefer disorder because things that are meant to be in order go out of order when there's some sort of mental stress or condition. So, it is um, a broad range of medical conditions such as major depression, schizophrenia, um, obsessive compulsive di- disorder, otherwise known as OCD or panic disorder that are marked primarily by sufficient disorganization of personality, mind, or emotion. So remember I talked about, you know, your mind, your thoughts and your emotions, right? So it causes disorganization, meaning it's hard for you to stay focused. It's so many things that are running through your head or you can't even think at all because You are so depressed or something's going on, you know, and it can impair normal psychological functioning and can cause marked distress or disability. And that are typically associated with a disrupt, excuse me, disruption in normal thinking, feeling, behavior, mood, interpersonal interaction, or daily functioning. So yeah. It affects circumstances, you know, like if you're, if you're, someone has problems with schizophrenia, they don't really realize it, but then all of a sudden they can't handle different stressors in their life. And then the thoughts, when it becomes disorganized are, you know, could be thoughts that somebody's watching them or somebody's out to get them. And then the next thing, you know, their emotions and behaviors can be off the chart. Anxiety. Anxiety is a common thing people struggle with. Normally doctors don't diagnose somebody with generalized anxiety unless the individual's anxiety interferes with their daily life. So you go, what do you mean pastor? Well, you know, they, um, people struggle with what's called, uh, performance anxiety. Um, you know, maybe they'll, they'll have to prepare a speech or something and they get before a crowd and then all of a sudden they have these perceived fears that, you know, something's wrong. So they get anxious, right? Then after they leave there, then they get anxious about, you know, what are we, what am I going to eat? Or anxious about, did I lock the door? So, you know, these constant rehearsals of perceived fears cause it to be generalized, meaning it applies to everything in their lives. Excuse me. Depression. Depression is another common mental health problem people can struggle with during their life. I've struggled with it. Having the diagnosis of depression does not make you less of a Christian, I think I should have highlighted that, or less than a person. In fact, nobody is less than a person if they have any type of mental illness or disorder. Depression is very common and and can be caused by genetics, internal conflicts, or a person's environment. And God walks alongside us as we struggle with depression. Depression will make you feel that you are totally isolated, that there is nobody else in the world that understands, but God understands. He is aware of the struggle. Amen. So it's so good and reassuring to know that as you walk with God, God walks with you. So I'm going to have some slides that are going to show some, very, some famous folk, right? Eating disorders. There is nothing in the Bible specifically on eating disorders. However, there is much to say about taking care of your body. Carrie Washington suffered from an eating disorder known as bulimia. She was a victim of an eating disorder from her college days, and she used foods as her strongest weapon to combat against emotional issues such as stress anxiety, anger, etc. So, you know, the Bible does speak about fasting, right? And fasting is designed not to move God. Fasting is to help someone spiritually grow closer to God. Now, someone with an eating disorder may use fasting in a distorted way. For example, um, Many times my church and other covenant churches that we have a relationship have a, um, a corporate fast and the corporate fast typically takes place around December, uh, you know, closer to the new year, et cetera. And there are foods that we have discussed that we will turn down our plate to. And again, that's the draws closer to God. But see, if somebody had an eating disorder, you know, they could use it as, okay, this is going to help me lose weight. Um, in fact, I'm going to cut out other things. And, you know, since people are just cutting out bread and meat, I'm just going to drink water. Okay. And instead of drinking water, <laughs> in a healthy way, they drink water for over a month or whatever and don't eat correctly or eat anything. They become physically sick. And it fuels that disorder. It fuels the very thing that God had designed for a believer to use to grow closer to him. Satan uses that to distort it, to make it a disorder that can cause issues in one's life. bipolar disorder. Y'all know this lady, Phyllis Hyman. I loved her music. But if you listen to her music, y'all sound like poor Phyllis was just trying to have a cry for help. You know, bipolar disorder form- formerly called manic depression is a mental health condition that causes extreme mood swings that include emotional highs, otherwise known as mania or hypomania, and very, very lows, a lot of lows, which is depression, Phyllis Hyman struggled with this disorder until she unfortunately ended her life by taking an overdose of medication. Bipolar disorder is real, um you know, I even think about Robin Williams, Bless his heart, you know, if you look back on his acting style, you can tell when he was manic, and even if he wasn't performing. You know, like if he was at a, an event or something and he was like all over the place, um, many times that's a, a, a demonstration of what mania was like for him. But as he began to get older, the depression set in more. And as we well know, poor Robin Williams, he took his life too. So, you know, bipolar disorder is truly a chemical imbalance of the brain. Donnie Hathaway. Love, love, love this man's music, his voice, everything. But sweet Donnie, he had schizophrenia. And schizophrenia is a serious mental disorder in which people interpret reality abnormally. Schizophrenia may result in some combinations of hallucinations, delusions, extremely disordered thinking, and behavior that impairs daily functioning, and can be disabling. Uh, a real sweet psychiatrist who is my, one of my dear friends, um, she and I worked together at the clinic I w- um, retired from. And she described schizophrenia as the cancer of mental health you know, uh, this, this basically kind of chips away at an individual. Um, you know, I've seen people with schizophrenia to be able to, you know, function relatively well, but over time as the disease progresses, many have to go on disability or, you know, they, um, don't take the medicines. And, you know, a lot of times we have to set up injections so that we can keep them healthy, mentally healthy. Um, So, you know, schizophrenia is a real thing. I I think back about um, a relative of mine and a lot of times you can look back and go, well, golly, they had a mental health disorder, you know. I had a relative who kind of seemed kind of quirky all the time. You know, she would hoard things. Um, Sometimes she wouldn't even let you go past the foyer in her house. You either had to stand there or, you know, sometimes she would talk to herself, etc. You know, but all we thought was, oh, she's just a weird little old lady. So as I was in graduate school, I had an internship. And one of the internships that I had was in the local psychiatric unit. And that particular day I was assigned to the unit that, um, took care a lot of the, with a lot of the chronically ill, mentally ill. So sure enough, I go to the station and all of a sudden I see my relative's name. I was like, Whoa. And, you know, as I was walking down the hall and I peeped in there, I spoke to her. She spoke to me, but she didn't remember me, you know. Um, So what happened was it explained a lot of that quirky behavior. All right. So as a result, um, you know, she had schizophrenia and at least she was receiving treatment. But see, back in the day, people that had schizophrenia, they didn't really receive treatment. They were thrown in the quote-unquote, you know, uh, mental ward or mental institution, sent away because they weren't able to manage daily living. So, schizophrenia is truly a serious mental health disorder. Whoop. Sorry. Okay. Post-traumatic stress disorder. It is more than, um, affect it more than affects veterans that have been through some sort of, uh, military trauma, et cetera. You know, PTSD can occur at any time in one's life. And I use the example of Jamie Foxx when he played Ray and poor Ray Charles, you talk about PTSD Um, It says PTSD or post-traumatic stress disorder is a mental health condition that's triggered by a terrifying event, either experiencing it or witnessing it. Symptoms may include flashbacks, nightmares, and severe anxiety, as well as uncontrollable thoughts about the event. Now, if anybody has seen that movie, Ray, from the time that he was a little boy, you know, he already had to, sh- to, to struggle to survive because he did live in very impoverished conditions, you know, and when his little brother, um, when he was at the washtub and ended up playing and he slipped in and unfortunately his little brother drowned in the washtub, Ray Charles actually witnessed that he saw that and he froze. It was terrifying. He wasn't expecting his little brother George to, you know, fall in that water and to drown. He didn't know what to do. He was a little boy himself. So as a result, you know, over time, out of his own uh, inability to control, he lost his sight. So it was ironic how after the trauma with his brother, Ray Charles lost his sight. And you think about Ray Charles, when he cried with his mom and he was like, you know, I'm sorry, mom, don't send me away. You know, I, I'm, I'll do better. I'll be better, you know, and, and I'm sorry about George, you know, so he was taking a lot of responsibility for what happened. And I really believe that he thought that his blindness was a result of what he saw. But that wasn't the case. And as we go on through the movie, you know, he, of course, you know, gets uh, hung, gets strung out on heroin as a way of avoidance and escape. So he didn't have to think about what was going on with his mom. I mean, going on with his brother. Um, that picture that's on the slide was when he was in the hospital and he was um, being uh, rehabbed off of heroin. And when he fell, he fell in the water and his brother's foot was there, you know? So he was having flashbacks and intrusive thoughts all his life until he got treatment. Mm Mm-hmm. So, you know, PTSD is a real thing. And, excuse me, post-traumatic stress disorder can be treated. Some people will never have symptoms again, but with treatment, people can manage those better. Excuse me. Some of you may even be familiar with Pastor Zachary Timms. He was a um, pastor of a mega ministry in Florida, and unfortunately, Pastor Zachary Timms he overdosed on a combination of um, substances, and you know his struggle was with substances, and substances is what took him away from here. So, you know, drug addiction, also called substance use disorder, is a disease that affects a person's brain and behavior and leads to an inability to control the use of legal or illegal medicine. Now I'm going to pause right there. Legal medicine. Y'all know what it is. Oxycodone, fentanyl, uh, hydrocodone uh, benzodiazepines like the Xanax or Ativan, you know, anything that is quote unquote addicting, people will take more than what's diagnosed. So that is abuse. When you take more than what, uh, not diagnosed, take more than what is prescribed. Okay. So it's not all illegal drugs, y'all. Substances such as alcohol, marijuana, or nicotine are also considered drugs. When you're addicted, you may continue using the drug despite the harm it causes. So unfortunately, Pastor Zachary Timms, who was a man of God, who had a huge ministry, who had family, children, he had it all, right? But substance use came in. And what was supposed to be in order, the addiction caused everything to become out of order or in disorder to the point that it took this man's life at such a young age. (laughs) I call this the I'm fine lady. Now, in church, we do this, y'all. We always say, I'm fine, I'm fine, but the lady behind the mask don't look fine, does she? And, you know, Pastor Tucker always says, you know, I'm fine means finally in need of emotional help. It's okay to say you need help, all right? (laughs) You know, um, I have people that say like, okay, it's MS Awareness Month. And I've been sharing some of my journey um, on Facebook. And some people are blown away because they're like, you know, we didn't even realize you were going through all of this. And it's not because I was faking or anything. It was because, you know, I trust God first and foremost, but I have mastered how to put on the I'm fine face. I had to with my career. I mean, I couldn't sit there and a patient would tell me, oh, Miss Tucker, I am so depressed. And I wanted to lean across my desk and say, child, me too. I'm about as depressed as you want to be. And Miss Tucker, I'm anxious. Well, guess what? Me too. I just bit off all my fingernails because I'm anxious about this presentation. See, I couldn't do that. <laughs> so, you know, I had to learn how to put the mask on, right? And, you know, of course, in the black community or the African-American community, you know, we're taught to be stoic. You know, we're taught to put on the face. You know how it is. um, The older generation, like my mom and dad's age, you know, you got to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Ain't nothing wrong with you. Right. But by saying I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine all the time, you're not taking care of your mental health. And because you are so distraught behind the mask how can you hear from god huh we're talking about managing our feelings and our emotions right how african american culture impacts the seeking of mental health services you know it don't happen to us we are strong and therefore do not get depressed you know, I look back and think about my grandma, you know, my grandma never seemed depressed, but she had every reason to be depressed. <laughs> you know, she did the best she could raising 13 children, having um her first husband who had passed away, you know, he was abusive. Um, You know, she just never seemed like anything bothered her. But sometimes I wonder, was my grandma depressed, you know? A lot of times in African-American culture, we say our God is able and yes, he is able to do any and everything. But when you're are, you are in a state of uh, depression or anxiety, a lot of times the enemy can distort it and say, see, God is not able. Look what you're going through. It can cause you to doubt. The other one is we can pray it away. Sure. We can pray stuff away. right? Excuse me. But if your mind is racing all over the place, you could be praying for something and then all of a sudden you are praying about something else. And then you just don't even know what you're praying for because your mind is thinking about the things that um, are out of order. That's making you anxious. That's making you angry. That's making you depressed instead of trying to communicate with God. <laughs> Why are you depressed? If our people can make it through slavery, we can make it through anything. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. (laughs) The truth is that getting help, you all, is a sign of strength. People with depression can't just snap out of it. Man, you know, I've heard that before. Oh, snap out of it. It ain't that bad. Nobody knows your experience but you. Nobody else will know your experience unless they've been through something similar. You know, nobody else will know your experience unless you share it. But you want to be able to share it in a safe space. Another thing is um, when a black woman suffers from a mental disorder, the opinion is she is weak and weakness in black women is intolerable. And not only black women, y'all black men as well, right? And, you know, one thing that the pandemic did do, it helped people recognize, hey, I need to talk to someone. And the final one says, you should take your troubles to Jesus, not some stranger or psychiatrist. Mm, mm, mm. You know, yeah, you can take your troubles to Jesus, right? But if the troubles continue to consume you, where you can't even hear from God or even think that Jesus is on your side, it's okay to talk to someone. God provides people with gifts, talents, and abilities to be able to do things in his name right here on earth. The reason I had my part-time private practice was because of this very thing. People who are struggling with depression and anxiety, and schizophrenia, I mean, you know, everything. When we had our church um, building on 1717 Park Avenue in Lynchburg, we had many transients that would come into our ministry. We had people with serious mental health issues that would come into our ministry. The last thing I was going to do is say, you should take your troubles to Jesus. If I knew that they needed something, we referred them to people. Huh? So my private practice helped a lot of believers in this area as a result of me not judging them and saying, you don't have enough faith because you're depressed. You don't have enough faith because you're anxious. What are you anxious for? You don't have enough faith because you're panicking. You don't believe God um, that he's going to uh, take care of your chronic condition not thinking about all the adjustments that someone has to make as a result of their chronic condition. Come on now. So God puts people in our lives who are skilled and have talents and abilities that will be able to help you if you are in need of mental health services. Excuse me. So you know, Pastor Steph, you're like, well, you know, what does this have to do with managing emotions? Well, you know, we as a church, we as the body of believers, we have to respond instead of react. We have to respond instead of rejecting individuals that are struggling with a mental health issue. Okay. So the goal is do not jump to conclusions or place labels on people. Don't be like, child, he crazy. You know, if you go back and think about the example I gave about that uh, one dude named Michael who, you know, graduated with honors, was a lawyer and everything. And then he started going downhill and he began to lose his job and began to rely on his wife. You know, we somebody could have jumped to conclusions and said, oh, yeah, them, them drugs is what did it to him. And the dude wasn't even on drugs, y'all. <laughs> You know, so you can't jump to conclusions about what someone is experiencing. Because if you do jump to conclusions, many times it's based on a feeling instead of on a fact. And it can really mess up somebody in the body of Christ that needs help. Recognize that there are people who have mental disorders just for a short time, but re- some may require longstanding treatment with medication and medication and counseling. So, you know, someone may have had um, a loved one to pass away in the church. And, you know, of course we're going to support everybody, you know, the first couple of months after their loved one passed away. But you are starting to notice that individual is not at church or not communicating with people and you don't see them for another three months. They don't take your calls. They don't do anything. Well, they are struggling with a grief reaction. You know, they lost someone close to them. And they may actually need grief counseling. And it may be just for a short time. Okay? Some people, yeah, they may require long-standing treatment with medication. Too many times we forget. In the Bible, they use salves. They use ointments. They use herbs. They laid hands. Okay? They even did some surgeries. Luke was a doctor. (laughs) So there's no weakness for using medication if it's prescribed to help you. Sometimes you need a little extra oomph to get moving, you know, or to begin to process things out. There is no shame in that. So, you know, if you're torn around with the fact of, you know, maybe I need to talk to my doctor about an antidepressant. And then you hear somebody say, child, don't you put no medication in you. You just, you just trust God and you don't need to, you don't know. If you are really struggling physically and mentally as a result, go to the doctor. You know, if somebody required insulin, would you not take the insulin if your A1C or your sugar was over 500? 500. And yeah, you can change your diet and you can exercise, but it's not going to help immediately. It's going to have to take a choice, make a choice of what do I need to do, excuse me, to keep me healthy. Labels and inaccurate assumptions can keep someone from asking the church for help. Okay? So I'm not just talking about guests that come in or people that call and say, Hey, can y'all pay my rent? No, I ain't talking about that. I'm talking about the person that you see every Sunday. Um, I've had individuals to tell me, you know what, Pastor Stephanie, thank you for um, talking to me today because I was driving down 501 and I started thinking to myself, I wonder what would happen if I drive my car off a bridge. Yeah, that happened in church after a wonderful service. But that individual was so depressed to the point that they were thinking of ways how to end their life. And I knew they loved God and I knew they had faith. But they were in a state where the enemy had distorted so much for them. Had caused so much so many issues for them, it's like they got trapped in dwelling in the state that they were in to the point they begin to think that the only way out was to end their life. And God loves them. You know, God wants us to honor Him with our bodies, and He doesn't want us to hurt ourselves because we are His children. So there is an important thing to understand. Sorry. He oh no. Wait a minute. Hold on folks. My finger rolled off the thing. Sorry about that. So there is an important uh, thing to know, to understand. there are differences between sin mental illness and demonic influence, because failure to do so, people will suffer. So many times, um, a lot of people will say, oh yeah, you know, they under demonic influence. You know, no one is to really say if someone's under demonic influence, I'm sorry. I, you know, I had a situation with someone that I love and care about that is going through, their loved one is going through dementia they just been diagnosed with that and my, their loved one was very actively involved in the church. And, you know, she would uh, speak to people and encourage people and admonish God and, you know, just do everything that God would be pleased with. But the de- dementia has affected her reality, you know, and somebody had the nerve to say, you know, that this person was under a dynamic, excuse me, demonic influence or, you know, that she was, you know, because she prophesied that, you know, she's at a different level. Well, the reality was she had a condition that affected her overall perception, her overall mental wellness. And because people don't really try to understand that there are differences between sin because sin again is a choice, right? Mental disorders and illnesses aren't a choice and demonic influence, you know, because you dwell in sin, and something sin takes over you to the point that it totally controls your whole life or damages other people or affects your um you know your relationship with God demonic influence yeah that's what that is but regardless people suffer so there are differences All right. Bear with me, people. Praise the Lord. Okay. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm sorry, people. Oh. All right. (laughs) <laughs> so we are doing the best we can praise the lord <laughs> thank god for pastor tuck as he is directing me through this glory to god i do apologize for so um so much trouble here um it's just my hands are not behaving and uh yeah it's caused this issue but I do pray so far that you all are getting something out of what I'm talking about today. Because again, it's so important that we as a church um, recognize that mental health issues are are real real issues. Okay. So another way the church can respond is, you know, God loves those mental those with mental disorders and their families. And be sure to be spiritually sensitive and unbiased in your love and your heart to them. Wow. Yep. Be unbiased. Jesus was unbiased. He loved people, right? No matter where they were, he loved people. And, you know, I even think about how Jesus would minister to people that did have mental health issues. He loved them. He loved them through it. And he was spiritually sensitive to them. So, you know, we have to be spiritually sensitive to them as well. Um, I do tell people, you know, be mindful because sometimes, um, you know, people with mental health issues, especially chronic mental health issues, may not respond favorably to the things that you want to share with them. But you can at least try to help the person with the mental disorder and understand his need for Christ. You know, is this person a Christian? Does he or she understand what Jesus can do in his or her life? Now, as the church, you know, it's important that we go out and evangelize and talk to people. But if you see someone that is homeless You know how you have, you see the little bag ladies or whatever. The majority of people that are homeless have some sort of severe mental health issue. Um, Many have schizophrenia. So, you know, you need to be careful when you do talk to someone or minister or evangelize to them. It's good to go with another person. Because if that person that you're going to evangelize to has a severe mental illness, they could be hearing voices and everything. And then you come up to them and start talking them to them about Jesus. They may very well um, retaliate. So it's, it's good to go in pairs and to be mindful of how you share the love of God with someone that appears to have a severe mental condition or mental disorder. Again, (laughs) I jumped the gun. You got to pray for wisdom, right? And, and your approach to helping the person don't blame the person with the mental disorder or get pulled into arguments with them. The person is indeed ill and blaming this person is like blaming a patient for his or her heart attack. Wow, man. You know, so we cannot blame someone that is struggling with a mental health condition. If somebody had a heart attack, we wouldn't blame them for the heart attack, right? So, you know, our goal is to be loving and compassionate and not condemn the individual that is struggling with a mental health disorder. So, you know, I say all this to say... Managing your emotions, managing your feelings is important. It's important because you are direct reflection of Christ right here on the earth. And people are waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. And, you know, we have to be clear in our thinking and we have to be able to to minister to someone about Christ or about what they you know you're going through but you can't do it if your mind is all over the place or you're quick to be angry or you're walking around in fear and anxiety because of a mental health condition that's not being addressed again it's no weakness in getting help there's no weakness in saying you know, I, I haven't been sleeping good. I haven't been eating. I've been beating myself up. <sighs> I need to talk to somebody because there's no excuse now y'all. The benefits for mental health services are so efficient and there's like hardly any co-pays, you know, so get some help, <laughs> get some help. And, um, I just want to share with you some of the, um, Helplines we have available, but if you are in immediate crisis, meaning if you are struggling, or if you know someone that is having an, a, a crisis, or if um, they are talking about harming themselves, you know, you call nine one one. If an immediate, if it is an immediate crisis, then um, now they have a nine eight eight number for. Uh, suicide and crisis lifeline, which I think is amazing because they didn't have that when I was working and they didn't have that at the time I was having my practice. I had to give them a 1-800 number, you know, <laughs> so this 988 number is awesome. They even have a crisis text line where you text signs to 741-741 for 24-7 anonymous free counseling. You can't beat that y'all. So, they even have a text line. This disaster distress helpline, the national domestic violence hotline. That is something that is so important because domestic violence can result in PTSD, depression, anxiety you name it, right? But safety is what's important. So, there's a 1 800 number for that. Or you can text love is to 22522. Same thing for child abuse. Um, You know, if you know someone that is abusing a child, you can also call that number and it's anonymous or you can call your local Department of Social Services. It's anonymous so that the child can be helped. The National Sexual Assault Assault Hotline, 1-800-HOPE. You know, sexual assault, It's common, unfortunately, and it happens not only to women, but also men have been sexually assaulted as well. So there's a hotline there that you can call and they'll give you guidance about what your next steps are. The Trevor Project or the Trevor Lifeline, that's for the LGBTQ plus um, community. Now, I put that up there because of the culture that we're in right now. We will, you will encounter someone that is in a same sex relationship or someone that, um, is going through all these different identities that they are trying to identify who they are. And as we well know, you know, a lot of people reject them and what happens is they too struggle. And they may want to do something to hurt themselves, or they may not even know what steps to take. And by showing the love of God, leading them to Christ, you can also give them this number so they can help them through this process. Um, Another good one is the elder care locator. I think this is a wonderful 800 number because it goes right along with individuals that are struggling with Alzheimer's. It will help you find your loved one if they wander. Um, We had a good friend whose uncle had wandered away, and Facebook was instrumental in helping them find him and get him back home safely. Then, of course, the Veterans Crisis Hotline. um, They can dial 988, then select 1, right? And I laugh. I know the number by heart. 1-800-293-8255, and then press 1. So I know I throw through a lot of numbers at you guys, but there is help. And as the body of Christ, our goal is to help others. And if there is someone that you even sit beside in church that you know is struggling, judgment aside, no condemnation show them the love of Christ, to help them to regulate their emotions, to help them manage their emotions, manage their feelings, manage their thoughts, and even help them with their circumstances to make them healthier, to be able to hear from God and be used by God. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I pray that you all got something from um, this uh, message today. Um, I also, you know, just want you to know that, um, you know, mental health is a, a passion of mine, <laughs> has always been. And I even remember when I myself have suffered in silence and um, it's not good. So, you know, it doesn't make you a weak individual if you... Um, you know, it doesn't make you a weak individual <laughs> if you need help or um, if you require counseling or if you require psychiatric service. You know, the, the goal is, is to be healthy and to be able to keep yourself in a state where you can be a good steward over your body. And your body includes your mind, your will and your emotions. That is Um, important to keep together. Amen. So some of you may be listening and going, wow, you know, Pastor Steph, this, this was something else. And, you know, even though I know God, do I really know that I'm saved? So, you know, in order to be saved, all you have to do is say that, you know, Jesus is Lord of my life. You know, you believe in him, that he uh, died for our sins. And in three days he rose again and you know that we believe in our hearts so confessing with your mouth and believe it in your heart that Christ is Lord is simple so you know if you say okay Pastor Steph you know I want to accept Christ as my Savior all you have to do is say Jesus be Lord over my life I believe in my heart that you are Lord and I confess with my mouth that you are Lord take control take over my life So, you know, you can give God praise for saying that. And if you need some additional um, assistance or if you have, say, okay, I accepted Christ, now what? You know, uh, you can always contact us at uh, lovemychurch.org. Click contact us and one of our ministers or one of our leaders will get in touch with you to help you begin your journey with Christ. Amen. So if you receive that salvation, glory to God, we are excited. And if you are looking for a church home or want more min- information about our ministry, please check out our website, lovemychurch.org. Praise God. Praise God. And if you want to, co- to continue to help my church reach other um, the body of believers across the world, <laughs> you know, we are completely virtual and we are on so many um, social avenues and different networks to be able to reach more people. So if you want to help us to continue to spread the word of God, to be able to share our hearts with um, with you and with others, to sow a financial seed, all you have to do is use the um, cash app, dollar, dollar sign my church Lynchburg, or go to lovemychurch.org and sow a seed. Praise God. So, you know, if the Lord has led you in your heart to sow a financial seed, we will use it and we will use it integrally to be able to share the word of God with others. Amen. Amen. I thank you all again uh, for joining me today. And I pray that you have a great day and take care of yourselves and take care of each other. Amen. This is Pastor Steph. Thank you for joining me. Please stay tuned for our announcements. And Pastor Stephanie for Women of Worth every first and third Thursday at 7.30 p.m. on Facebook Live.
1: Join Pastor Tuck in the Man Cave every second and fourth Thursday at 7.30 p.m. on Facebook Live. You can now watch the My Church broadcast on your Roku and Amazon Fire TV and Apple TV. Simply download the BoxCast channel and look for the My Church icon. Or catch the word on the go with the word at My Church Podcast, now available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play Music. Tune in Radio, Pandora, and Stitcher Podcast platforms. Just search for My Church Lynchburg. Now there's no excuse to go without the word. And for those of you with Alexa-enabled devices, simply enable the My Church Lynchburg skill in the Alexa app. Then say, Alexa, open my church Lynchburg and sit back and enjoy the word.